Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888. Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you get your projects done. What are you working on? Are you renovating? Are you rejuvenating? Are you doing some decorating? Whatever project is on your to-do list, slide it over to ours by picking up the phone and joining the conversation. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT, or you can post your questions at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, when it comes to home renos, are you a DIYer or a go pro kind of home improver. Well, House has revealed how many DIYers that were actually doing home projects in a new survey. We're going to have those results just ahead, along with an interesting trend among the youngest DIYers out there. And does your yard double as an all-you-can-eat buffet for deer and wildlife? Well, we've got some humane ideas for stomping all the chomping. Plus, motion detector spotlights are a great addition to your home for convenience and security. And thanks to LED technology, they're now easier to install than ever, and some don't even have to be wired. We'll share those options. But first, we're here to educate, inspire, build confidence, and help guide you with all of your home projects. So give us a call and let us know what we can do to help you finish, start, Dream, whatever it is, we're here to lend a hand. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Amanda in Connecticut is on the line with an AC system that's not doing the C part of the cooling. What's going on, Amanda? Hi. Um, I don't really know. I, it's a brand new system. Brand new as in the entire central air conditioning system is new to the house or just a new condensing unit outside? The new condensing unit. The house already had the venting in it, but it didn't have the unit. Okay, so they added the compressor outside, correct? And and right. who did this work? Was it a contractor? Uh-huh, yeah. Did they not test it to make sure it was working? Uh, they said they would come back when it was hot, and so I called them and the hot day, and they came back, and um, it just... It just didn't cool after four hours, and he told me it was because the uh, house is an older house and that the the returns are on the outside of walls and makes it you know harder for it to cool down, longer for it to cool down. Well, look, you hired these guys to complete your cooling system. So 
any good contractor is going to look at the house and they're going to identify any problems with the size of the ducts or where the ducts are run. They're going to make sure that they're sized properly. Do we know that the the compressor is actually working outside? Yeah, they did. Came they came back again after that and made sure that it had the freon in it and checked to make sure that it was working properly. Well, obviously something is not working properly. Okay, it's either the compressor or there could be something with the way the ducts are installed. I can't begin to diagnose it for you except to tell you that it's not right. The contractor should know better than this. I don't think you're getting the best advice or service from this contractor because it shouldn't be that difficult for an HVAC contractor to figure out why a house is not getting cooled. This is their business. So uh, if you're not getting over with these guys, you might want to think about bringing in another contractor to get a second opinion. Maybe not even share with them that you had uh, this unit installed recently and see if they can figure out why it's not cooling. See what kind of advice you get. But it seems to me that this first contractor had a responsibility to uh, to do what it takes or at least to complete the job or advise you if there was something that was going to prevent the compressor from cooling the house, then why were they willing to sell you the compressor in the first place? You see what I mean? They're the experts here. He's saying to me that four hours is not a long time. That's not true at all. I, I pretty much said I had to go outside to cool off. <laughs> uh, listen, I would get another contractor or an expert in there uh, to find out why exactly it's not working, take a look at all the things that impact cooling, uh, and then at least you'll know what was done or not done, and you can take it from there. But it doesn't sound to me like you're getting the best advice here. Thank you, and I love listening to your show. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much, and I hope, we have, uh, we hope we've helped you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now up, we've got Paul calling in from Tennessee, who's got an issue with a water pump. Tell us what's going on. I'm getting some air in this well water. The well is uh, uh, six and a half years old, as is the house, and it goes down 350 feet. And the casing goes down 105 feet where they grouted it. When they first put it in, uh, I was bothered by the amount of turbidity I had in it, and I was changing the whole house filter about once a week. And uh, I went back to the drilling company, and they said, well, it'll take about three months to quit that. Well, it was 36 months. <laughs> and then after about four years, I started getting some water hammer in the cold water, particularly in the uh, the basement, although upstairs it'll do it too. But then um, I, I'm getting air out of the faucets uh, upstairs, uh, and it's collecting air from somewhere, and I can't figure out where. And as far as I know, the well tank with the bladder in it, the 40 pounds of air pressure over a bladder, that seems to be okay, Tom. Okay, yeah, that was the first thing I was going to think, that if you had a leak, leak in that bladder tank, that that would cause that. Um, other possible causes are bad siphons, but I'm not quite sure how you could test that without having all the gear that you would need. Have you had the well company come back and take another look at this, specifically for the air bubble problem? No, uh, because it's it's been quite a while, and they the guy they used to have there at the company in the daytime didn't seem to know much about it. In fact, when he told me three months it was going to clear up and it was 36 months, I, I thought maybe I'm talking to the wrong guy, but I <laughs> haven't gotten a hold of him. Well, he told you three months because his warranty was 90 days, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, obviously we're getting air into that system, and if it's not coming through the bladder tank, I'm not quite sure where it's coming in, and I think you're going to have to get a well 
expert there, a real expert that understands these things uh, and, and try to see if there's any way they can determine exactly how that air is getting in. Do you have another well company that you might try? Yeah, there's uh, several of them here because this area is very rural, right at the edge of the Smokies. I would try another well company because you didn't have good luck with the first one and see if you can get to the bottom of it. But I agree with you. If it's not the tank, it's it, it more, more likely it's the pump. Okay. Well, very good. And thank you. I will try someone near local then and see if they can dope it out. All right, Paul. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Annette in North Carolina on the line who's working on a boathouse project. Tell us about it. The uh, deck on top of the boathouse, flat roof, 
has a bladder. I have removed the carpet that was originally on there 10 years. Want to know what I can put back on there on the bladder that will do better than carpet. And this is on the roof, so it's exposed to the elements. It is a flat roof. Now, a carpet, you know, exterior carpet is probably not the best choice just because it does tend to wear and tear quite, you know, quite quickly, even though you've got 10 years out of it. You know, it's probably not the best choice. Now, Tom, would you consider a composite decking material or can that not really sit directly on top of that bladder to get that water away? Well, actually, what I was thinking was to create a deck-like surface on top of that bladder. Right, a platform uh, where the deck, you really wouldn't have like the traditional floor joists or even two-by-fours. You might have a, say, two-by-six on the flat that lays flat on top of that deck, and then the deck boards sort of lay on top of that with 16 inches on center. So it's kind of like just making the top surface of the deck as the wear and tear surface on top of that bladder. Is there some sort of a railing system here as well in it? Yes, it's all railed. Okay. Mm So I would just create a composite deck that lays flat on top of that. Now, you can't just lay the composite decking boards on the bladder. You'll need some way to keep them together. That's why I said that what I might do is take a pressure-treated 2x6, lay it on the flat, and use that sort of in essence as if it was a floor joist that you were attaching these decking boards to, and then lay the decking down on top of that. Now, there's also interlocking wood, and I think uh, it's made out of teak. Mm-hmm. I've used actually teak tiles like that. Yeah, there's teak tiles that interlock, right? And I know that I've seen them, people can put them down on top of patios. I suppose you could probably also put that down on top of the roof as long as it wasn't too soft. So any type of a wood decking surface like that would be a good choice. And those are interesting, the teak tiles that snap together. Um, do you have like a Christmas tree store near you? You know those stores. It's not really a holiday store. It's like uh, no, Lowe's is the closest. I'm uh, I'm 18 miles from any town. I'm way out in the, the woods. <laughs> okay, because there's several different companies actually that sell them online. Locally, for me, I found them at one of those like discount home decorating stores. But they're 12 by 12 teak tiles that almost look like a parquet tile, like a, a floor tile, and they're set on a plastic base and they snap together. And you can also get like an edging tile to sort of complete the border, and that could sit directly on top of the bladder because it's got the little plastic base that you know, creates that platform. You know, a good website to take a look at is Swift Deck. SwiftDeck.com is a company that uh, sells patio deck tiles. They have Ipe tiles. It looks like they also have a composite version. So a couple of options there. Great photos. You can see exactly what this looks like at SwiftDeck.com. Beautiful. Thank you for your help. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Money Pit. Well, when it comes to home renos, are you a DIY or a GoPro kind of home improver? Well, according to a new survey by House, nearly nine in 10 homeowners hired a home professional for renovation projects in 2019. That's 88% of projects out there. That's crazy. They were things like electricians, plumbers. Those were now the most common renovation professionals that were tapped by homeowners, 50%, followed by general contractors, kitchen, bathroom modelers, builders, and design build pros made up about 36% of that. So people are hiring. Now, design-related professionals, speaking of them, they were actually brought in by nearly one in five renovating homeowners. It amounted to about 19%. That's pretty good because I tell you, if you are unsure about how to go with a project, it really does make sense to hire a designer to walk you through that. And I think it's also 
interesting that of the high-end projects, they were up among the younger generations. About 10% of renovating homeowners are spending about 80000 bucks or more on those projects. Kerwin in Mississippi is on the line with a septic system question. What's going on over there? Hey, como deli vu. Uh, we've... Uh, We've got a situation. We um, we bought a tax sale property. Okay. Um, paid three thousand for a, a trailer that still had all the stuff in it from Katrina, so it was a mess. Took a couple months to fix, and it was a hundred by hundred and fifty lot with a trailer and an addition on it. So it's it's it was a great deal. Okay. Um, our problem is um, we, we went through the process of trying to get power turned on, which we have no. We're really living off the grid. We have no water, no power. Okay. And um, we got a compost toilet. And the problem when the inspector came out from the health department was, you know, it should have been grandfathered in, but um, they started him and hawing about it being, they changed the rules. Instead of it being 10 feet from the property line, now it's got to be 25 feet. Mm-hmm. And ours sits at 22. Okay. So um, we're dealing with the, um, the raw sewage, you know, with the compost toilet. We need to deal with the, the septic system, um, gray water. And um, I've been looking, um, and they also tried to say that, you know, oh, it might be a wetland. Well, it uh, – I, I still, still think it was a good deal? Um, actually, I do. Um, <laughs> okay. <you know. laughs> All right, so what's your question, Kerwin? Is it the septic inspector – the health inspector telling you you can't put in a septic system? Is that right? Is that what it is? We've actually – we can't get anybody from um, – we had an engineer come out, and he said there doesn't seem to be a problem. Okay. They told me I had to. They referred me to an engineer. I got one to come out, and now I can't get a septic company to even come out and repair it. He said all it needs is repairs. Okay. So I'm bi- I'm in a bind. Hmm. So um, I look for grants. I've I've thought of moving it myself. What's the job that actually has to be done? What's the repair? I think if we can find a way, if there's a, a source or information on doing a gray water system. Um, you know, we can get by. First of all, you did the right thing by involving an engineer. The engineer will his his opinion will basically supersede that from the health department the engineer is recommending a repair the first thing i would do is ask the engineer if they can give you a referral to somebody that does this kind of work aside from the two guys that you've been calling over and over and over again i can't believe there's only two guys in this area that do this sort of work i would not try to change the entire way you're putting this system together just because you can't get a contractor out there that does this. I mean, I would place an ad on Craigslist to find a contractor or some other online directory rather than change my approach to basically redesign the system. If the health inspector says you got an engineer, the engineer says it's repairable, let the engineer, I mean, put the engineer in charge of the project. Let them find somebody that does this. You, know, you want to find somebody that can have some, has uh, some credibility uh, with the guys that are doing the work that wants to get more work from them. You're just kind of one and done. But if you have your engineer that's doing this all the time, uh, maybe GC the project for you. Maybe that engineer can can help you identify a contractor that's going to be responsible and reliable. Even if it costs you a little bit more, it's going to be less than trying to redesign the entire system. And if you get it done right, then you can get the power moved in and, and kind of move on your way. So that's the way I would approach it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Cindy's on the line from Nebraska with an air conditioning question. How can we help you? Yes, I have central air, but our upstairs does not cool very well. So we put in a window air and I've tried to seal it with some of those foam strips and tape and things like that. But now I've got some issues like when it rains, for some reason, we're getting water soaking through the tape and coming inside and dripping. Huh. 
what other thing can I use to seal that that would be more waterproof, but still I'd be able to take it out? Wow. So typically when you install a window air conditioner, you have... Uh, the window, the upper part of the double hung window sits on top of the box, and then it has sort of like wings that slide out the side of the air conditioner to kind of seal out the space between the air conditioner and the and the opening of the window. Correct. Correct. All right, and so you've sealed those areas with tape. Is that what you said? We use some strips of foam that you put around around it to fill in the gaps. So we've got the wings all stretched out, and then we've where we have spaces with the foam strips. Here's what I would do. Um, there's a product that is a temporary weather stripping that looks like caulk. It comes in a caulking tube. Now, typically, you use this inside your house for really, really drafty windows, and you almost caulk them shut with this product. But you could use oh. it in a scenario like this. I think for the summer, it would probably last fine. When it dries, it kind of looks like a silicone caulk. It's clear. But the cool thing is that when you're ready to pull out that air conditioner, you can peel this temporary caulk off. Now, it's made by a number of manufacturers. I think DAP makes uh, Seal and Peel is the brand name that they came up with, Seal, S-E-A-L, and Peel. And so take a look for that temporary weather stripping caulk. Search that online. You may have to order it at a hardware store or a home center, and that will be much more effective than the tape because you'll be able to get it into those tight places, and it will really stick there and keep that water out, okay? That sounds perfect. Thank you very much. There you go. Sometimes you got to come up with a creative solution to an unusual problem. <laughs> I figured there had to be something. I just didn't know what it was. All right, Cindy. Glad to help you out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Susan in Arkansas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? I have recently purchased a home, and there are three areas in the home that seem to emit a, a cat urine odor when it Ew. gets very <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, is it on? Is it on? Is it carpet? What what kind of flooring you got there? Um, actually, I'm finding it in the garage on oh, concrete. Okay. okay. And around and around the front door, which there's a brick exterior and it's a metal door. But then I also have discovered that there's an area in the bedroom. Uh, it seems to be under a window, so maybe on the on the drywall. The carpeting has been replaced. Okay. Um, the, the, when I purchased the home, the carpeting had been all had been replaced. Well, here's the thing. Let's take it one area at a time. If it's the if it's the garage and you have a concrete floor there that could have absorbed some of that unpleasant liquid, what I would suggest you do is is take the opportunity to add a new epoxy uh, garage floor paint to that surface. Uh, very easy to do. It comes in kits. Lots made by lots of different manufacturers. Quickcrete makes it. Rustoleum makes it. And basically, you mix up the paint and the hardener. And it takes uh, about uh, 45 minutes to uh, apply it and then a couple of hours for it to dry. And probably the next day you're moving the car back in. Wonderful. That's so I would definitely idea. put an epoxy paint down. That will seal in any type of, of odor that's there. Now, as far as that uh, bedroom is concerned, my fear is that they pulled up the nasty carpet, put down new carpet, but didn't fix the problem underneath. But if there was uh, dog or cat activity on that floor underneath, it should have been primed with an oil-based primer. Well... And it could be that the padding wasn't replaced, as gross as that sounds. But, I mean, that's a possibility. You never know that. But Tom's right. If you have an odor issue associated with a carpet, when you pull up that carpet, that subfloor, whatever it is, does have to be painted with an oil-based primer, just pretty much to seal in whatever is there. Now, 
you know, at this point, I hate to tell you, you've got to go back down to that point and do it. But that's really probably going to be the only way because, you know, come cooler months, you're not going to notice it as much. But add moisture, high temps, humidity, you're going to get that scent back again. So, you know, it's possible that the same piece of carpeting can be reused. But I would definitely look into making sure that that padding was replaced. If not, do it and painting that subfloor. I would think that the carpet could definitely be reused. You basically just have to pull it back up, pull the padding up. Um, if the padding is not re- is not new, it should be replaced. And if it is new, just peel it back, prime that whole area of the floor, and then put it back together. So you'll need a carpet installer to help you with this because it has to be tacked in properly. But you can absolutely do it without damaging the existing carpet. Okay, Sue? Okay. Can I use just any oil base, or do I need to use... Uh, I, would use like a- I would use Kills, K-I-L-Z. Okay. Or bin. Oh, okay. As long as it's oil-based, I think we'll do a good job of sealing it out. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Sue, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, if you've got a motion-detecting light anywhere outside of your home, you know it's a great deterrent for both people and critters that you don't want skulking around your property. Now, if you don't have them, why not? They're actually easy to install today, and they're very affordable, and they do definitely add a sense of security and some peace of mind. Yeah. Now, here's how they work, guys. They're super easy because the motion detectors in those lights are actually small electronic eyes, and they're going to detect heat waves from moving objects, and that can include people animals, even cars. Now, that light is going to stay on anywhere from 1 to 20 minutes, depending on how you set it up, and a photocell keeps the light off during daylight hours. Now, most motion detectors have a semicircular field of view of about 240 degrees and an adjustable distance range of up to 70 feet, sometimes even more, and the field in the range can be adjusted to avoid coming on when cars drive by. So you got to sort of see what the sensitivity is and then make it work for your house. Now, I don't think a lot of people realize, but motion detecting lights, you can actually operate them manually. You just flip that switch off for a second and then back on, and that's going to allow you to keep the light on at night when you want it, even if there's no motion. Now, the basics of hooking up this light are pretty straightforward. If there's an existing light fixture, it's really easy. You just kill the power, remove the old unit, and wire up the new one matching wire for wire. That same wiring pattern should definitely be followed, so make sure the hot black wire is connected to black, neutral, white to white, and don't forget to connect the green ground wires to the bare copper wire around the ground screw. Now, beyond that, there are some really cool new developments in motion detection lights. There are battery-powered lights, which are awesome. I am amazed. I've got uh, one, two, three of these, two inside the house and one outside the house, all run on D-cell batteries. I have not changed the battery since I put them in well over a year ago, and they work on motion. I've got two in closets and one outside a door, and it's great. You know, no wire required. All I had to do was attach it to the wall and I was done. There's also security camera lights where it's basically a really high intensity spotlight with a camera built in that will feed to a cloud so you can record footage. And there's even LED light bulbs that have built in cameras. So there's a lot of ways to get motion detection lights and cameras together today. And all in all, they add up to a lot more convenience and safety for your home. 888-666-3974 is the phone number. You know, it doesn't matter when you're listening to The Money Pit. If you're a podcast subscriber, you can call to just dial us up any time of the day or night. And if you're not a subscriber, well, why not? You can get The Money Pit podcast wherever you get your pods. 
All right, next up, we've got Mike from Tennessee calling in. And what's great is that Mike tuned into us on Facebook and knew that we were in studio and gave us a call through our Facebook fan network. Hey, Mike, welcome. Our house is on a slab, and we're wanting to uh, change to possibly some type of whip flooring, but trying to decide what type would be best and and how to go about that decision. Okay, well, it's very easy. Because your house is on a slab, there's only one type of wood flooring that you can put down, and that's called engineered floor. The reason it's called engineered floor, Mike, is because it's put together in layers, kind of like plywood, where you have alternating layers of wood, and that's necessary for it to be dimensionally stable. If you were to try to put down solid hardwood floor on on a concrete floor, that concrete is so damp and moist that the solid hardwood hardwood would uh, very quickly warp and twist, and it just wouldn't work. So you want engineered hardwood, and that can be installed as a floating floor, which means the the floor pieces themselves would lock together, but they don't really attach to the floor. They just kind of float, and they go down over an, an underlayment, which is usually with engineered like a thin, thin foam, so it even gives you a little cushion when you walk on it, and you cut it to fit the room. And you cover the exposed edge with some molding when you get out to the baseboard. So it's pretty straightforward, pretty easy project to do. I would buy the best quality engineered that you can afford because it really counts on the finish. If you get a commercial grade, for example, finish, it's going to be far more durable because it is almost impossible to refinish. You really do want to have a good quality finish first time out of the box. Well, that's great information. I appreciate it. You got it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, whether it's the best-looking flower bed on the block or it just needs a little work, you know, deer look at your garden and your lawn, and they think one thing, it's time for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) You know, keeping those deer away from your plants and flowers, it can feel like you're losing the battle, but there are plenty of humane, chemical-free ways to keep them moving onto that next green field. Yep. So commercially available deer repellents are a start. They're very effective at making your yard less tasty. They've got an odor that's similar to rotten eggs, and the deer are going to find plenty of other greenery to munch, which will be much more appealing. But they are a little costly. Yeah. Now, if you're looking for a fresher smelling approach, soap is another deer deterrent. Just make sure you buy a few fragrant bars. You want them to be the stronger bars of soap and hang them from the branches of the plants and trees that you're trying to protect. There's also a number of homemade recipes that you can find online, and they usually include large portions of cayenne pepper, lots of eggs. So different ways to get the deer to sort of keep wandering. Now, one other thing you could do is, especially if you have a smaller area that they're infesting, so to speak, is to add fine mesh nylon netting. We use this over some bushes around our house to keep the birds away from this one blueberry bush that we have. I mean, we don't get that many blueberries, and we'd like to keep them for ourselves, so we cover the bush with the nylon netting. And it works really good, because not only the birds stay away, if there are deer that are fruit lovers, I don't know if they are, but they can't get to it as well. Or you can go a high-tech route. You can install a motion detector sprinkler, and the way that works is, when the deer kind of move in on your garden space, it kicks on and spritzes the deer and keeps them away. Yeah, wait till they figure this out on a hot day and they're like, let's go over to the Kreitler's house. I got that sprinkler thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barbara in Texas, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? We're restoring my mother in law's 130 year old home. Not that she's 130, but this home is. <laughs> okay. And I'm having a problem with the, the carpenter. I want to put in pocket doors. And for some reason, he keeps telling me not to do that. He doesn't want to do it. It's not structural. It's just 
he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, and you know what, Barbara? I mean, a pocket door is a lot of work. And maybe that's why he's trying to talk you out of it. It will be far more expensive than a normal door to install because essentially it's not just a door, it's a wall too. Mm -hmm. You have to put in the pocket side of it in addition to the door side of it. And that means that you have to kind of re-drywall that whole section so that it truly is a disappearing door. That said, I got a pocket door in my office, and I love it because I don't have room for the swing. And we've got a full-size 30-inch uh, by you know 72 or 8, I mean, sorry, 30-inch 30, 30 by 80-inch uh, by door in this pocket that swings into the wall. But I remember the process of getting this thing in, and it is a lot of work. So that might be why your your contractor is a little reluctant to tag it on. Do you have some words of wisdom I can share with him to encourage him? Yeah. yeah, tell him to Trump to expand his horizons. That the customer is always right, and you want your pocket door, and you're willing to pay for it, pay him to do it, and he's probably working by the hour. So stop whining and get to work, and freeze it exactly like that. No, just like that. Stop whining and get to work. I like it. That's great. All right, Barbara. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. And remember, you can always give us a call or post your question on the Money Pits Facebook page or email us. But right now, I've got a post here from Ashley who writes, I need to replace my water softener, and I'm debating buying one that uses salt against one that doesn't. What do you recommend? Yep, it's a question that we often get. You know, let's just talk about what hard water is. First of all, it comes from naturally occurring minerals in your home's water, and the hard water buildup is also commonly called lime scale, and it does stick to your pipes and also internally into your appliance, and that can shorten their life. It can increase energy usage. It can clog the pipes and basically reduce the flow rate for showers and faucets. So you have salt-based and then non-salt or salt-free water softeners, and I've had success with both. One that I particularly like is a salt-free version called Easy Water. How it works is, you know how magnets will repel one another when, say, two positives are pressed together? That's kind of what the technology does. This device is hooked up to your main water valve, and it essentially takes those hard water particles and charges them so that they repel each other and therefore don't stick together. If they don't stick to each other, they're also not going to stick to your pipes. And the nice thing is that since it does go in at the main, it treats all of your water in the house without the need for a device at every single faucet or any more expensive plumbing. It just clamps right over the main line. There is virtually no plumbing that's necessary whatsoever. Yeah. And you got to take care of that hard water. It like tastes gross. It makes your hair feel weird. Like nothing is good when you have hard water. It's just a disaster. All right, next up, we've got a post here from Jesse. Now, Jesse writes, what is the better way to check a Freon leak, a dye test or an electronic device? I have had about five pounds of Freon leak over the past nine months. My home warranty plan refuses to send out another company to check for the leak using the dye test. They say, wait 60 days and see if the leak can be found. What do you suggest? Well, first off, you are not the best person to be searching for a refrigerant leak, which, by the way, may or may not be the Freon, depending on the age of your air conditioning compressor. So rather than check for actual leakage, I would check for performance. This is something you can do yourself, and here's how you do it. You want to measure the temperature of the air inside the house at a return duct or maybe even at the thermostat, and then measure it at a supply duct, which is near the air head 
handler, one that's got a really strong flow. If the system is running normally, you should be reading somewhere between the 12 and 20 degree differential. If it's less than 12, you are well within your right to demand repair. And I would be suspicious of the warranty company's approach on this because usually the Freon is not included in uh, in what they will repair or replace. So you end up getting hit with expensive bills for Freon that's apparently being released to the atmosphere. So this is a situation where they really need to get in there and either repair it or get you a new air conditioner and stop giving you the runaround. And, you know, Jesse, I feel like if you can't get them in to do the repair, you're just sort of like pushing off the inevitable and paying more bills, you know, to use the electricity to get the air conditioning to cool. I think you've got to figure out a way to get them to come in and physically do the repair or whatever's needed. Otherwise, you're going to be in a world of hurt down the road. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, thank you so much for taking part of your summer day to listen to the Money Pit. If you've got questions and weren't able to call and get us today, you are welcome to call us 24-7 at 888-MONEY-PIT. You can also post your questions on the Money Pit's website at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 